Sister Lady Letitia Williams, though they may not be here in body, I know they're here in spirit. And for all of you who are not here, the Spirit of God is in the house. God has come to bring his love, his forgiveness, and his deliverance for each and every one of us. Whatever you need is in Jesus. Amen. I stand before you with the honor of being able to introduce our preacher man for the hour, and uh, he is a man who loves God. He's a man who serves in God's house and out of God's house. He is the ministry head of our veterans ministry here, and he is a veteran himself. I introduce to you, for some, present to others. Pastor Michael Stegman. Let's give God a big hand praise this morning. And it's always great to um, have the honor of coming up here and speaking God's word. I don't get it too often, but when I do, I savor it. Because God's got a lot on my heart right now. And he's been doing a lot of things with me. Um, one of the things, I had a really, really weird week. <laughs> but God got me through it with some of the things that went on this week. And I praise him for that. Amen. Um, this um, past October 25th, I was ordained for six years on that day. And then our ministry is now six years old. That happened on the 15th of November for the Veterans Ministry. And I thank God for that as well. Amen. Um, you know, Pastor Race, uh, last week when we had our veterans service, uh, he, had a, he had a great word last week. And I'm going to pick it up from where he left off because God's been working with me in the same way with this spiritual war that we are having. And everybody's involved in it. Um, I'm going to read a few scriptures today, and then we're going to, I'm going to go right into my word. So I'm coming out of the NIV Bible. If you'd like to first take your Bibles to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 22, verses 2 through 4. And um, he said, this is, this is um, David, he said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. Now Ephesians is real quick. We're going to go into Ephesians real quick. I want to do one verse from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. Most of you are pretty familiar with it. It says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
Finally, the last scripture, and then we'll get to the word, is from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 14. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And that's where we leave off at our scriptures. The title of my message today, which ties in with everything we just uh, did in the scriptures, um, you know, we have the veterans of foreign war. But today we have the VSW, the veterans of spiritual warfare. And uh, last Saturday we celebrated Veterans Day. Uh, which is a day that is uh, set aside for those who serve in the Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy, and the Coast Guard. I don't know if they're counting Space Force. <laughs> but today and every day, we are fighting a war against the devil and spiritual blindness. We are, we are all veterans of this who are in constant war with the things of this world. And that's what makes us veterans of spiritual warfare. And, and my friends, regardless of how long you have been a servant to of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are a veteran in many aspects in this battle that we all face in this world, for it is a spiritual battle. And we are in constant state of battle every day. The Apostle Paul, he encouraged us to pray without ceasing. Why did he say that? Well, because the enemy, every day, is relentless in his attack on God's people. And we have to be willing to join the fight for not only ourselves, but for the lives of others. So Paul instructs us, he says, to be strong and stand firm 
against our enemy, the devil, and by clothing ourselves with the armor of God. You know, speaking of Veterans Day, um, in the year 2019, there was a commemoration of the uh, 75th anniversary of D-Day, um, which honored more than 156,000 troops who took part in the largest seaborne invasion in the history to liberate Western Europe. In his prayer broadcast over the radio, uh, Franklin uh, Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, on June 6, 1944, he asked for God's protection, and he prayed, they fight to end conquest, and they fight to liberate. So, my dear friends, a willingness to put oneself in harm's way to restrain, restrain evil and liberate the oppressed uh, brings to mind Jesus' words, which is the main one of the verses that I'm keying on today from John, where it says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, now Jesus said these words in the midst of teaching his followers to love each other, which was something that the elder just spoke about. We, he has a special kind of love, God. It's an agape love. Unconditional. No matter what you've done, God loves you. And he's also telling the disciples, too, that he wants them to love each other. But he wanted them to understand the cost and the depth of this type of love, which was a love exemplified when one willingly sacrifices his or her life for another person. Our veterans have done that, timelessly, leaving their families, uh, whatever career they may have had, or if, um, if they're newlyweds, they got a family, they put their lives on hold to go fight wars to keep our country safe and free. Jesus did that, didn't he? He put his life down. And there were so many times where Jesus could have just laid, his, laid, laid it down and said, I, I don't want to do this. But he did the Father's will. There was, he he saw the writing on the wall and said, if I don't do this, I can't yeah, say appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Definitely the connection. You see, cool. Jesus calls to sacrificially love others is the basis of his command to love each other. Perhaps we could show sacrificial love by giving time to care for the of an aging family member. We could, we could put our needs on hold for a sibling by doing their chores during a stressful week at school. We might even take extra shifts with a sick child to allow our spouse to sleep. Or we could stop the scourge of the world and war and love them. Well, my brothers and sisters, as we sacrificially love others, we need to demonstrate 
to make sure. The greatest expression of love. Oh, well, peeking up there. Mm-hmm. So as veterans, in God's army, okay. we must be reminded yeah. of the following four things. The first is remember where your strength comes from. We need to remember to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the unchanging and unending power of the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. So my question is, what is the source of strength and stability in your life? If it is anything but the Lord, then you are walking on a steady ground. So where is he then? Where is he? You think he had a uh, little church somewhere? All the things of this world, social media, okay. uh, all the drugs and alcohol they do on the streets, gotcha. the poor, nobody helping them. These are things that Jesus did unconditionally. He saw a leper. Everybody else died from him, but not Jesus. Jesus healed that leper. Gotcha. That's dope. The Lord is the only person in your life that never changes. In the hand that will not let us go. In the presence of his might. This phrase could be very loosely translated. In the grip of his Mm-hmm. Folks, we don't have a hold on God. Okay. He has a hold on us. For example, <laughs> my friend, my good friend's dog, named Elijah, and uh, he's very powerful. And he's large and muscular, and he's got mm-hmm. And he weighs over 100 pounds. Oh, wow, the granny had his stuff set up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh Charlie Brown, dog comes running out and tackles him. Well, that's what that dog does to me. <laughs> comes and tackles me. But what my friend does with Riley, what he's so important is he goes, he takes him to nursing homes and he takes him to hospitals to bring people a smile. One time, my friend took Riley to AI DuPont Children's Hospital. And I happened to be there with him when he took him, and uh, there was a four-year-old girl that spotted Riley across the room, and, and, and she wanted to pet him. But you know how kids are, they're very, she was afraid to get too close, maybe the dog on bite or something, you know? Eventually, with all children, her curiosity overcame her sense of caution, and she spent several minutes talking to him and petting him. And she discovered that even though he is powerful, he's a gentle creature. 
Now, my friends, the combination of these qualities reminds me of what we read about in the New Testament. Jesus was approachable. He welcomed little children. He was kind to an adulterous woman who was in a desperate situation. Compassion motivated him to teach crowds. And at the same time, Jesus' power was astounding. Heads turned and jaws dropped as he subdued demons and calmed violent storms and resurrected dead people. Listen, family. The way we see Jesus determines how we relate to him. If we focus only on his power, we may treat him with the detached worship we give a comic book superhero. Yet, if we overemphasize his kindness, we risk treating him too casually. The truth is that Jesus is both at once great enough to deserve our obedience, yet humble enough to call us friends. You see, think of Jesus shows in how we relate with him. That is something we can draw our strength from to fight this war in our world. The second thing is remember <coughs> why you are fighting. In Ephesians I read today verse 6, chapter 6 verse 11 where it says, Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, folks, the point is, you will fall if you don't fight. We need to stand up for God and take a stand and fight. Why? Some people may ask that. Well, I'm about to tell you. Because the enemy is true. And we can't listen to those false prophets or the devil. His job is to stand between you and God. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about what you do. He wants you, he wants to ruin things. He wants to tear down things. We can't have that happen. We need God's strength to fight against the wiles of the devil. Let me give you an example of fighting the enemy. I read a story from years ago, and I'm an avid reader. I love to read. It gives me a lot of knowledge that I don't know if I'm ever going to use it, but it happened to come up for this uh, particular message. Um, it was about a man named James Harrison. Now, you can't show a greater love for people than his selfless act that he demonstrated. And he did it for the people he didn't even know. Harrison was a member of the Ochita Baptist University Choir, which was returning home from Europe with his fellow singers. Now, as their plane was landing in Little Rock, Arkansas, 
that was hit by heavy rains and high winds, and the jet skidded off the runway and hit a bank of lights, lights ripping open the fuselage. Now, as chaos reigned and the flames were all about the plane, Harrison began to help others. Over and over, he pulled passengers to safety and ran back to the plane for more. And on his last trip into the burning wreckage, he was overcome with smoke. He didn't make it out alive. He was a hero, when he, but he put his life on the line to save others. Doesn't that sound familiar? John, at his funeral, the choir director quoted John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Well, folks, Jesus, when he made this statement, was really speaking of his own death on our behalf. And the choir leader pointed out the value of this ultimate sacrifice. Family, James made that ultimate sacrifice. We may never be called to make that ultimate sacrifice that James made during that horrible tragedy, yet every day we have opportunities to set aside our comfort to love our neighbors. My question is, how much love do we show? Folks, in a world that couldn't care less, we Christians should care more. And this is why we must stand our ground and fight. Let me invite you today to Join the veterans of spiritual warfare and take a stand against Satan in the world and win this war with the power of God behind us. We need to love more. We can do this. Victory is ours. It says in Psalm 55, verse 18, it says, Though many wish to fight, and the tide of battle turns against me, by your power, I will be safe and secure. Peace will be my portion. The third thing is we need to remember who your enemy is. Paul describes the battle as a struggle. And this is what we are dealing with in the world. A constant struggle with worldly things instead of godly things. The world, the word struggle, to me, refers to wrestling. That's no secret, I'm a pro wrestling fan, but that, that's not the type I'm talking about. Not about the WWE kind of wrestling where you bash the other guy's head with a chair or you jump down off the ropes over a guy's chest. I'm talking about that kind of wrestling you see in high school or college in a gymnasium. The kind where two people are entwined with one another. And they're trying every kind of move they can think of to pin the other guy to the mat. It's the kind of battle where you have 
extremely close contact with one another. Husbands and wives, children and their parents, employers and their employees. It's easy of each of those categories I mentioned to fight with one another. Listen, folks, you are not the enemy. Sure, we get mad with each other. We have disagreements with one another about something from time to time. But that does not mean we are enemies. We are brothers and sisters. We are a family. We need each other. Folks, it is because we need each other that God gave the command for us not to forsake the gathering of ourselves with one another, loving one another, edifying one another, by building one another up in Christ. It is the ministry we have all been called to be a part of. Family, the enemy is not with each other, but with spiritual forces against the rulers and the heavenly realms. They have power and authority. Don't treat them lightly. Though they have a lot of authority, they don't have all the authority. Since Jesus had all the authority, he had the right to command us what to do, and we all have the responsibility to obey. If Jesus tells you to do something, perfect example, I was, when I was homeless and down in my luck, I wanted an apartment more than anything else in the world. I was in a shelter for six, six months. And I wanted that apartment so bad. And but Jesus knew that. I kept praying to him and said, not yet, not yet. I didn't realize that he was making sure I had all my ducks in a row before I got the apartment. So if I had jumped the gun and taken something beforehand, I may have felt fall on my face again. God wanted me to succeed at having a place to live, to continue my life. So Jesus commands us in every commands us in Matthew chapter 28. Verses 19 and 20 where he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The last days are upon us. Now whether most of us will be around to see the ending, can't answer that. But we have to make sure that our young people, and we can throw in some of the middle aged and the older class, those that don't know Jesus, we gotta get them in here to fight this war before it's too late. Do you know what Jesus is telling us to do? He is telling us to invade the enemy stronghold. That's dangerous, or at least it would be if we didn't have the assurance that we were going to win 
And if we didn't have the one who has all the authority on our side. Listen, friends, their evil and their goal is to spread evil. They are spiritual. So they must be fought with spiritual weapons. I'll tell you another story about Facebook. Facebook it was launched in 2000, 2004, and it was made as a way for college students to connect with others online. And now it is open to people of all ages. And currently there are more than, listen to this, 2 billion users. That's almost half the planet. Or even more. Each user has an individual page with photos and personal details that can be viewed by friends. And to friend a person means you have to open the door to communication and information about who you are, where you go, and what you do. Facebook friendships may be casual or committed, but each one is by invitation only. Now, I want you to look at this. Just before Jesus was crucified, he told his disciples, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. So instead, I have called you my friends for everything that I've learned from my father and made known to you. Folks, you see, unselfishness, oneness of purpose, and confident trust are the hallmarks of true friendship, especially in our relationship with the Lord. Christ has taken the initiative by giving his life for us and inviting us to know and follow him. This is the way we win the war against evil. Had we responded to the Lord Jesus' invitation of friendship by opening our hearts to him with nothing held back? Family, Jesus longs to be our friend. And, and we as Christians need to bring others to Christ to win this war. So my prayer for you today is just this. Please, God, help us to be strong and courageous and bring more souls to Christ so we can win the fight against the evil one. We need to do this to ensure victory. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 30, In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Let me ask you, and then number four, number four, this is the last one. Remember how you can win the battle. We win the battle by putting on the whole armor. We cannot pick and choose. Let me ask you a strange question, so, but bear with me. The question has a point. 
How many of you would walk out of your house without any clothes on? I don't believe any one of you would do such a thing. In fact, it's a frightening thought to even consider such a crazy thing. But let me ask you this. How many of you walk out of the house every morning without your spiritual clothing on? That's just as foolish and just as dangerous and just as crazy. Family, you have to put it on. All of it. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Feet of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. And my personal favorite, sword of the spirit, the word of God. And as veterans of this world, we know we have to wear all this equipment to win the war against the world and the devil. Who doesn't? No military, let me tell you something about the military. No military unit cut off from its parent unit can survive long in a battle. Cut off and surrounded is most often a death sentence. Jesus uses an image everyone can recognize. So let me ask the question, can you imagine a branch cut off from the vine that could do anything besides wither, die, and be carted off to the fire? Jesus calls on each of us to cling to him as a source of all our spiritual growth and usefulness. Apart from his daily guidance and care, will just dry up and become fruitless and good for nothing. We need to see God's face and his guidance daily in prayer and the word so you can bear fruit as he created you to do. That's our job. There's too much pain in the world. I used to watch the news regularly. I can't watch it anymore. Every day it's something more depressing, more sad. All I want to think about is what God is doing in my life and what he's doing in yours. That's important. God wants us to think of pleasant things. He wants us to be joyous and happy, not down in the dumps, wondering if what we saw on the internet was true or false. Listening to some famous singers and some of the lyrics they had. Oh. I could go on and on. See it on TV as well. Sex everywhere. Then we see them hurting yeah, on the streets. Is there a way we can change it? Because I don't. And I can't tell you how many times I have been out somewhere yeah, and they see someone homeless and they just walk away. Don't you ever stop and think for a minute? I know I do because I was there. And maybe even if you don't have any money to help them, maybe you could give them a word. The word of God is in this Bible and pray for him. That could change his whole life around. And you try to teach him. We as veterans of spiritual warfare, 
We must do these things to win the war against evil and to increase the family of God. Isn't that the point? We are supposed to have agape love, just like Jesus. He didn't, like I said before, he didn't pick and choose. He loved everyone the same and tried to help all those that were afflicted, the poor, the lepers, everyone in the world that the real world discarded. Jesus said, no, I love you all. And he helped them all. And this is what we have to do to win this war against all of this evilness in our world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the greatest of all examples of love that Christ demonstrated towards us. In that while we were still sinners, he died for us. He has called us to be a member of his church and to love others as he has loved us. May we love others in his strength and power to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Folks, that, there have been a lot of things that have been weighing on my heart. And this was one of them. And it's funny how God works because last week, so, uh, you know, the pastor had a message on his heart. And it's funny because I was speaking about the same thing he was speaking about. And that's how God works. He has a reason for these, for these um, words that he brings forth to you. Because he knows what's going on in the world. He knows who's suffering and what people are going through. But nobody seeks him enough. And that's where we have to go. We have to seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given to you. God, what an amazing God we serve. And I just hope and pray that everyone felt this message today in their hearts. And um, it, it helps you to come, to come to the Lord and become a better person. That's what we hope for. So at this time, if there's anybody up here that would like to be prayed over, be given the chance to stand with me in the gap. Stand here and we can pray over you. So if you would like to come up and pray in agreement, please come up. We've all been in agreement. I will now hand over the service to Pastor Robert Ingram. Thank you for letting me be here today to give you this word. Glory to God. Amen. Let's give Pastor Stedman another round of applause because I know we have some DSWs in the house because uh, we've been fighting this spiritual warfare since we've been here on this earth. And we still fight it. That's why we're here now.
to get some more information on the next command that we need to have for this next wage of this war that we're fighting. Because this war is not going to stop. It's not going to stop until we're not here on this earth. So you got to be ready. And you got to be in, in tune with the commander who got the answer. He said the war's already won. See, the thing is, the enemy don't want you to know that you already won. So he put obstacles and things in your face, in your face, so you respond to that and not to him. 